Writing herself. Dixon straightened her hat atop blonde hair threaded with silver. I believe the driver swerved to avoid a lamb. She surveyed the pasture beyond the window. We are definitely in sheep country. Maria rubbed her offended shoulder and looked out the windows on either side of the post chaise. They were following a gentle, sparkling river on one side, and on the other, a rolling meadow dotted with white-faced sheep and nearly grown lambs. The river curved before them, and they crossed it on a stone bridge, passing a pair of red brick mills on its bank. They entered a village of blonde stone cottages, with an inn, apothecary shop, stonemasons, and steepled parish church clustered around a triangular green. Is this Whitmore? Maria asked. I hope so, Dixon sighed. My bones have had more than enough of these poorly sprung seats. Her former nanny was barely fifty, but she complained like a much older woman. They left the small village behind, and only a few minutes later the carriage made a sharp turn. Maria looked up in time to see the imposing entrance to an estate, its high wall broken by an open columned gate. Dixon leaned toward the window, like a potted plant seeking light. Where is the gatehouse? This must be the main entrance, Maria said, explaining what she recalled from her aunt's letter. The gatehouse is at a second entrance no longer in use. Maria could still barely grasp that she was now expected to live on her own, with only Miss Dixon as companion. Her father had insisted that even had there been no other young lady in his house to be endangered by Maria's character, still he would not so insult the neighbourhood by continuing to harbour her. How his words had cut and cut still! The carriage passed through the gate, and followed a drive encircling acres of landscaped grounds, shaped hedges and a rose garden around a reflecting pond. At the apex of the curved drive stood impressive 17th-century Windrush Court. The manor house of golden blonde stone stood two and a half stories high with dormer windows jutting from its slate roof, Banks of tall, mullioned windows winked from both ground and first floors. The carriage halted before the manor and lurched as the groom hopped down to lower the step. The front door of the house opened, and from between the columned archway stepped not her aunt, but rather an odd figure, a man in his late fifties, in a plain dark suit of clothes, without the livery or regal bearing of either footman or butler. There was something unnatural about the way he held himself, as if one shoulder hitched slightly higher than the other. The groom opened the carriage door, but the approaching man held up his palm to halt his progress. Hold there one moment. He gave Maria a stiff bow. Jeremiah Martin. He lifted his balding head, wreathed in silver-grey hair. Are you Miss Aubrey? Yes. Is my aunt not expecting me? She is, but I am to direct you to the gatehouse. Thank you.
Mariah hesitated. May I quickly greet Mrs. Prinhalsey first? No, madam. I am to take you to the gatehouse straight away. Her aunt had offered her a place to live, but refused to receive her in person. Mariah glanced at Dixon to see how the opinionated woman would react, but Dixon wasn't looking at her. She was staring at the man, or rather at the hook that protruded where his left hand should be. I see, Mariah said, hoping her disappointment and embarrassment were concealed behind a stiff smile. The man's blue eyes held hers a moment before flitting away. I shall climb up and direct the coachman. Big place, Windrush Court. A moment later, the carriage again lurched to life and rounded the other side of the curved drive. Mariah glanced.